We've definitely learned healthier coping mechanisms. So mm -hmm. it's not about, you know, numbing your feelings anymore. It's about feeling your feelings and learning yeah. how to deal with the hard feelings in a healthy way rather than numbing and turning to alcohol. Hello, and welcome to the Healing and Dealing podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healing and Dealing podcast. Today, I have a friend and previous cohort, I guess. We were in a program together with Carolina Becoming Emboldened. Her name is Zamara, right? Ziomara, yes. Ziomara. Okay. Carolina <laughs> called you Mara. I was like, maybe I should just call her that. Ziomara. And she is the second half of the alcohol-free couple, a couple that decided to go alcohol-free back in February of 2022. She's an alcohol-free mindset coach currently working on her business. She loves to travel, make art, and do fitness. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. Uh, how could I not? Your story with, are you just boyfriend and girlfriend at this time? We are actually getting married in 25 days. Oh my gosh. Okay. Actually, I do remember seeing that on Instagram that um, you guys are engaged. So my bad. I forgot. Yeah. 25 days. Oh my gosh. You must be like in that crazy wedding mode trying to get everything situated. Totally. I feel like there's all these like last minute things that are being thrown at me. And I honestly wouldn't know how many days if it wasn't for the knot with the little countdown. So oh gosh, so helpful, right? Okay. So you're planning a wedding in the midst of, you know, being this iconic alcohol-free couple on social media that people are just gravitating towards. I can tell. And your your posts are not only inspiring, but they're so real and authentic. And they really just give the true essence of who you guys are, which I think is incredible. And I think that's why so many people are, you know, gravitating towards it. I would love to hear you know, right now you're in this beautiful place, but where were you? Like, what did it look like before when you guys were drinking? And, and you know, how did your relationship progress over the years? Where did it all start? Totally. So Pat and I actually met 12 years ago and we dated for a year and it was just this really amazing thing. For sure. We were in our early twenties. So there was definitely a lot of drinking and we broke up because we wanted different things and we got back together over four and a half years ago. And we obviously really love each other a lot. And we kind of just jumped right back into it. I think there was a lot of definitely sometimes drinking involved some, and that would lead to often pretty, a lot of confusion. And we would get into these fights where we didn't even remember like how they happened. Like, I think we would get triggered or we would trigger each other, you know, for the most part, our relationship was great. And we definitely had nights where we were drinking and it was fine, but we would have nights that we were just like yelling at each other, you know, leaving the house or leaving the, leaving each other at the bar or whatever, mm -hmm. because we were having like a dramatic moment. And then the next day we would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That was so embarrassing. Like, I don't even know what happened. 
And so we were just kind of like going through this loop at right before the pandemic, Pat actually decided to go sober and I kept drinking, which must've been hard for him and probably really wasn't the most supportive partner just because I was like doing my own thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up falling back into it about eight months into his sobriety. And then we had like, again, days that were fine. And then we would get into fights either that he would start or I would start, or we didn't even know how they started. We just got so sick and tired of being in the same loop. And it eventually got to a point where it was like, if we want to be together, we have to be alcohol free because this is just causing too much problems in our life. Otherwise we can break up and we can go be Mm -hmm. basically whatever we're being elsewhere. Yeah. And probably whoever you end up with next would, the same problems would surface because that's just what alcohol does to us, right? Absolutely. That's so incredible that you both were able to come to this solution of just removing this one thing. What has that done for you? What has it done for your relationship? Totally. So yeah, we just have a lot more peace in our relationship. It, obviously waking up hangover free is amazing. It's, it's just best. like no longer an excuse in our life of why we're not doing this or why we're not, you know, mm-hmm. bettering ourselves or growing. And I do feel really thankful that Pat does have like that growth mindset and he yeah. is trying to work on himself because I think sometimes stereotypically it can be more of the women um, mm-hmm. working on themselves. And, you know, I think we both you know, our growth minded in in our own sense. But yeah, so just a lot more peace in our lives. Our communication has gotten way better. We're able to, if we get in fights or arguments, take take space. And there's Mm -hmm. just a lot more clarity about like why we felt that way. It's not like we're bumbling around. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. kind of like, Hey, I know what upset me. Like exactly. I need some space. And yeah. then you know, apologizing and being like, you know what? I'm going to try to do better in the future. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was just like in a blur of alcohol being like, I don't even know why I was triggered. I'm sorry. I don't know how we can fix this next time. Right. So much confusion and lack of clarity when you're drinking. And I was on the same loop with my husband for many years and at the end of it, it was like pretty much the same thing. You know, if we we were getting into little arguments a lot over nothing, you know, and it was mainly just the alcohol because it it puts you in this whole different realm where you really can get triggered, like you're saying, more easily or you're just, you can snap easier, you're emotional easier. So we were fighting a lot too. And since we both stopped drinking, he he's drank a couple times, but um, not and he's like, he didn't even catch a buzz. So he, he doesn't really even consider it, consider it drinking, but we have not had any like big blowout fights. And now I can attribute that to alcohol. And mostly it was me. I can admit that where, when I was drinking, I would like be defensive or just be kind of nasty at times. And, you know, start these arguments that, like you said, the next day you're like, oh my gosh, what happened last night? I'm so sorry. It was because I was drinking. I would use that excuse over and over again. So I totally resonate with that. And I resonate with what you said about having peace now. I feel like there's so much more peace than before. I also think it's important that you said there's still fights. Like you're still going to have disagreements. And a lot of people think, you know, when you stop drinking, you know, everything gets better or, you know, you're not fighting, but this is actually when the hard stuff comes when you stop drinking and you don't have anything to numb it. Right. Or you get into a fight with your boyfriend or your husband and 
you go with your girlfriends and have a drink and try to forget about it. But the problem is still there when you return. So now it's more about like feeling it and feeling what happens and figuring out, like you said, what triggered me? Why did I get so upset with you? And actually being able to come to some sort of solution or communication about it. So everything you said, I completely connect with. How has it impacted like your friendships with people around you, your family? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah. And just to kind of bounce off of that. Yeah. I think we've definitely learned healthier coping mechanisms. So mm-hmm. it's not about, you know, numbing your feelings anymore. It's about feeling your feelings and learning yeah. how to deal with the hard feelings in a healthy way rather than numbing and turning to alcohol. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So just to bounce off of that. Yeah. But for me, my relationships for the most part have improved. I'm not going to say, you know, I think most people who go alcohol-free do have to deal with losing some relationships, Right. you know, some of them for sure, probably I was tolerating because I was drinking. Mm -hmm. And so when you quit drinking, especially like early on, like I really needed to be in healthy relationships Mm -hmm. and I wasn't going to accept being mistreated anymore. And Mm -hmm. so there was like one major relationship where I was like, I'm sorry, but I can't continue my relationship essentially. And so that was, that was a big one. And this was a a pretty major family member. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's been, that's been difficult, but again, it's kind of just like for your own peace of mind and mental health. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, if it's getting to the point where I'm just like, so depressed from this person that I'm like contemplating my own drinking habits and like turning to that, then like, I can't have that person in my life. So I've definitely found new friend groups, which is awesome. And then, you know, there have been a couple of friends that we've slipped away because just life choices and mm-hmm. and sometimes alcohol is the only thing that you have in common. And that's huge to recognize too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've gone through the same exact same exact thing. It's I f- I feel like a lot of people go through that when they decide to go alcohol free. And you start realizing what who feels good to be around too, right? Alcohol automatically puts you at this other level. So you can kind of be anywhere and have that feeling. Once you remove that, it's like, okay, how do I actually feel around this person? Their energy? Are they draining me? Do they make me happy? And same thing has happened. Friendships have dissipated and it's been hard. It's for me, it's been hard because I'm just someone who likes to know like what happened. And there's a lot of like quiet, you know, it's just silence now. And the invitations don't come because you don't drink, you know, and it, and I just want everyone to know, I still want to go to these things just because I don't drink, you know, but I guess it's just something inside them that they're not willing to, you know, they don't want to maybe be around my energy either, you know, so it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to navigate, but like you said, you make new friends and you build relationships with other people who have the same mindset as you. And just like us, like we were in a program together. Now we support each other on social media and we're doing a podcast together. You know, there's other relationships that we can nurture that serve us appropriately and positively. So totally. uh, yeah, we have a lot in common. That's for sure. Yeah. What made you and Pat, right? Yes. What made you and Pat decide to really take it public and, you know, be on Instagram and making out in all your pictures. And I totally. love it. It's so, so cute. I love it. I love it. 
I think we're both very affectionate with each other. We love each other a lot and we love like I know some people don't like PDA, but like we love to like hold hands and kiss and we're very comfortable with that. I think when we first went alcohol free, you know, within a couple weeks, like we went to one of our major friend groups that that were throwing a party and we literally like sat down and we told them like we aren't drinking anymore and we answered questions if they had any what were the questions i'm so curious <laughs> just like like what's going on you what's know? wrong with you <laughs> um, i don't think there was anything like that i think okay good you know, we have a we have a pretty good support network in california of good. friends we actually like to go to burning man and so this is like our burning man camp mm-hmm. um and we we just told them like, we're not drinking anymore. You know, it was affecting our relationship negatively. Like I just tried to be as honest as I could. Yeah. And then same with our families too. We told them that we weren't drinking anymore. And this was like within a month, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like old to say, but we were like, this is happening (laughs) and wanting wanting everybody to know that too. And I know that not everybody is comfortable with being in that identity right away. And sometimes Mm -hmm. months Right. Sometimes a year plus to go Mm -hmm. public because they don't want to lose that old identity of themselves. But we just, you know, we 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 did after a couple months really find enjoyment. And obviously we had struggles. And so we wanted to create a couples page that just shared tips that we have found useful to help other people go alcohol free because sometimes it does feel like a superpower. And it kind of sometimes feels like this best kept secret, you know, we are so societally conditioned to believe that like alcohol is just the normal way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially just like learning through the euphoric program. It's like, why? Yeah, (laughs) it's essentially a neurotoxin. It's really, for the most part, really not serving anyone. And I think there are legit some people out there who don't have a problem with it, but most people I think have had some sort of issue along the road mm-hmm. of alcohol yeah. being a problem. Yeah, that's why I really encourage people to just be aware and question it when you're drinking, why you're drinking, what happened when you were drinking, because for so many years you just do it on autopilot. And when you start observing and watching your actions and how you speak to people when you're drinking, I know for me it was... I was a different person and that's the person that I thought was like the best version of Charlotte for a long time. People even, it's stuck in my mind for years, would tell me you're not fun unless you're drinking or like, I don't want to hang out with you unless you're drinking because I'm just more of a calm, chill person when I'm drinking and it's like, woohoo, party time, you know? So now I've really had to learn to just be comfortable being who I am during the process. Did you notice with Pat, Because both of you, I know, are Leos, right? So you're both pretty, like, social and have kind of like that same vibe. Did you notice a change in your personalities, you know, when the alcohol was gone? Were there any, like, issues that came up between the both of you? Um, yeah, I definitely think that maybe there's some things that change. I think at, at a core, like, you know, the reasons why we loved each other and why we were together we're still there. I I know a lot of people say like, oh, when you're drunk or when you're blacked out, you're your true self. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I always hated (laughs) hearing that because I know I, people would tell me that I would do and say stuff that I have never 
thought right. of doing sober that f- sometimes even felt so against my moral code of 100%. like uh, what I believed in. So like, I never bought into that idea, but it, it was still really scary that this version of me would come out and people mm-hmm. would think that that is me. That is right. who I am too. And then sometimes when you're in that state, you're attracting the wrong people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Thank yeah, you. I think Pat is still just like still super outgoing. He loves sharing stories. He's a storyteller. So that hasn't changed at all. I think for me, uh, I perhaps, I, I well, I am more reserved than than I would be like if I'm drunking, drunk, drunking. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm drinking, yeah. uh, you know, I think I just, I'm a little bit more reserved and, you yeah. know, because I feel like sometimes when I was drinking, I was just like, ah, listen Same. to me. Well, I don't even know what I'm saying, but listen to me, you know? And so now Mm -hmm. it's more like, Hey, let's listen to other people. Let's chime in when it's appropriate. So just being more aware, I think, which I don't think is a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's great actually, because you actually build better connections like that. And I was under the impression for so many years that when I was drinking was when I could really get deep with my friends. And, but then you don't remember what they said the next day and you're like, Oh shoot, I know they told me something really important about their grandmother or their mom or something. And I couldn't remember. So it's like, did I really build that friendship with them? It's just such a false narrative that we create with these relationships while we're drunk, you know? And I was the same way. I was very like loud and super social while I was drinking. And towards the end, my husband would tell me like, you're really annoying when you drink. I'm like, I I think I am annoying. And I would, I would watch myself, you know, in action and just being super annoying, like trying to get people to tell me things and just like way too over the top. And that's, that was really towards the end where I was like, okay, this has to stop. I'm, I'm way too much at this point. But yeah, it, everything you're saying, I completely agree with and resonate with. I'm on social media. Have you had a lot of people reach out to you guys or what, what does your audience look like right now? Totally. Yeah. So we've had some people reach out. Definitely. I think it, our page definitely attracts like other sober-minded people Mm -hmm. Um, so that's cool to like follow them back and see and yeah so yeah but I definitely relate I think I had my bachelorette party recently and that was actually an alcohol-free bachelorette party how Um, was it it was awesome. We had a really great time. And I I told everybody, I was like, I don't mind if you guys drink, just let me know if you want me to buy anything because I don't want to take any leftovers home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously they all know that I'm alcohol-free and one of the girls chimed in that she wasn't going to drink that weekend. And then my maid of honor also doesn't drink. And then, so we just... I had just like a bunch of kind of events that we all got to do together to kind of get to know each other better and like mm-hmm. facilitate connection. And one of the girls did say that she's been to like boozy bachelorette parties before, but she could never remember the conversations that she had with other girls. Right. And then another one of my friends too, by the end of it was just like in tears because she's like, I've been really craving community and connection. Oh my gosh. Like, I didn't even know I needed this mm-hmm. because, you know, like we were sitting down, I had at the end, I had a women's circle where we all sat down and journaled and we like, we could share things if we wanted. And gosh, like, you know, kind of like a little, sounds so awesome. I love it. But yeah, so I just was like really intentional about like different activities that we did. And I think we were just like, kind of like it was relaxing, but busy. So there wasn't, you know, I don't think people felt really the need to drink. I I personally think that, but I guess. 
I think you're on to something. You just created a bachelor of alcohol-free bachelorette party in a sense that actually get like they got things from it. They got something from it and you I think you're on to something. I don't know. More people need to experience that because not only did you like enjoy this beautiful time with your girlfriends, but everyone took away something maybe about themselves that they learned because they weren't drunk, you know, and they were able to build this deeper connection with you, the beautiful bride, and with each other. That is amazing. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I'm. Did you think of that on your own? Like all the, did you plan it? Well, yeah, I pretty much planned like the events, but I didn't plan that it was going to be an alcohol-free bachelorette, but that's what it turned into. Yeah. And I I did buy some alcohol-free champagne. So we did have like a toast cool. at one part. So I don't know. For me, it didn't feel like I was missing anything being yeah. alcohol. Like we still, we even went clubbing. We went to like a drag show. So like we were out downtown, like mm-hmm. doing kind of adventurous, spontaneous things, but without- okay. With you not drinking, it just kind of planted the seed and then everyone followed suit. That's awesome. That's that's usually how it starts. One person in a group can, you know, try going alcohol free and then everyone starts wondering or like noticing what you're doing and how your life is. And they slowly start to ask questions and and start thinking about their own relationship with alcohol. And and I think weirdly enough, it can almost go the other way too. Like if you're oh, for sure. and you're like, we need more shots, <laughs> up, you know, uh-huh. so like that person on the other end of the spectrum, like that person's energy can have an impact as well. Yeah. And I've been that person. Like I remember I, I've been to, I went to an AA meeting with one of my friends years ago. And right after I went straight to the bar, I was like, I cannot deal with that. Like, I just felt like I had to drink. It was this weird energy I had inside of me, but um, it was almost like they can't do it, but I, but I still can, you know, I don't have a problem with alcohol. Totally. So I get that side too. I feel like I've experienced so many different levels of alcohol and just like you, we were, you know, we would have good times, but the bad times were so bad that mm-hmm. we, the next day we would just be like, thank God, like no one got arrested or thank God we didn't drive or thank God we didn't get caught driving. You know, like we've done some really stupid things because of alcohol. Mm-hmm. You guys plan to have a family? Um, Yeah, I think Patrick would love to have children. I'm definitely more open to it. So yeah, I think that's definitely something we're open to. Yeah. yeah. When it, for me, that's been one of like the main things that has kind of given me this new perspective on alcohol is what I learned growing up versus what I want my kids to learn about alcohol. So luckily you have that foundation laid and set already. So if you guys do decide to bring children into the world, they're not going to have that same narrative of alcohol being, you know, normalized and glamorized. And I think that's, that's really cool. And you guys will make awesome parents, by the way. (laughs) You can tell your energy is just amazing. I'm curious, you know, during the program that we did Becoming a it really tried to or ignited so much in us that made us really think about our purpose and you know where am I going and what are my dreams and all these different possibilities what was it for you in the program that did that for you was there a moment totally so I really love like you said you know you had been to AA and you probably heard other people's problems and maybe you were like, wow, I'm not that bad. Mm. Cause I definitely experienced that. Like in my early twenties, like I definitely was like, wow, I probably had enough. I don't even remember what happened, but probably one of the 
times where I blacked out and was like, wow, like I need to change my life. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the only option that people really know of is AA and it's a wonderful organization. It's free around the world. Patrick actually goes to AA and he finds a lot of inspiration and support there. But for me, like you said, like, I just feel like it's just a lot of trauma and like, you know, even saying the word, like I'm an alcoholic, like I don't really resonate with that. Like it's just a negative label. And I just don't feel good about saying that. Like, I just feel so far removed from that. But anyways, so what I love about the euphoric program and like new, like alcohol-free coaching that has come come up is it's more mindset based. It's more growth orientated. So I think a lot of AA can be, let's talk about the worst days we ever had. Right. Whereas our group was like, Hey, now that we're all alcohol free, how can we all grow together? How can we be more? And recognizing our limiting beliefs, recognizing that alcohol was helping us play small Mm -hmm. and how, you know, dreams are scary. And going for what you want is scary and having alcohol in your life can sometimes be a major excuse on why you're not going for them. Like, Oh, I'm too hungover to work on my website today, or I'm too hungover, or I know I should probably go home and work on that, but I'm just going to have another drink. And so it's just an easy way to excuse yourself from life and your greatest potential. Yeah. hundred percent. Was there something that came to you when you were in the program that you hadn't thought of before that you were like, oh, I can do this. This feels good. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, I applied to quite a few different grad programs when we were going through it so that we started the program end of November. I probably started applying to these grad programs in December. I had also weirdly like lost my laptop a couple months ago. and. I was just like trying to do everything on my phone and, you know, just being in the euphoric program, I was like, I need to fuck step up my level. Yeah. So I like went and bought a nice MacBook. I've never had like this nice of a computer before. I mm-hmm. only ever spent like a hundred, maybe $200 on a laptop. So I really invested in that. Yeah. Um, I applied to like, I think over like 10 different programs I got as of right now, I, I have had eight different grad school options. Wow. Congrats. They are all in London. So I am planning on moving to London this fall. Oh my gosh. Um, That's huge news. Congratulations. But so, yeah, so I did quite a few different programs that were kind of all over the place because I do have ADHD. So (laughs) um, sometimes it's hard for me to focus and like figure out like, what do I really want? But yeah, I think just as a whole, the program was just really amazing and just recognizing that like there aren't enough spaces like this for people. And Mm -hmm. this is why I went into the coaching program to get certified because I would love to create more sober spaces for people, more sober communities for people, hosting events for people. Like I just, it it feels like such a movement right now. It does. I think the growth orientated mindset is huge. And I think that that is something that is lacking in AA mm-hmm. and so just having alternatives for people yeah, um, is huge. Definitely. We should plan some events later. <laughs> that would be great yeah. to host them together, retreats. You know, I would love that. I want to touch on something you said, if you're comfortable. Um, you said that you have ADHD. Mm-hmm. I just listened to this amazing podcast, Mel Robbins. I don't know if you listen to her, but 
She just put out a podcast about adults with ADHD, and it is mind-blowing how many, especially women, because it goes undiagnosed so often in women, because we internalize so much, and it's not like a physical thing. It's more in our brains, you know? Um, I don't personally think that I have it, but I have a really close friend that does, and she connected with everything. And I'm just curious, because Mel Robbins did say in the podcast that a lot of times, women or men, but mainly women will turn to addiction or some sort of buffering to really numb that part of them. And um, they constantly think like something's wrong with them. Why can't I meet deadlines? Why can't I focus? Why, you know, was, was that any, do you feel like alcohol had anything to do with the ADHD? Was there a connection? Totally. Um, yeah, I haven't heard of this podcast, but I, I believe you mentioned her in our sober group that we were in. But uh, I definitely have undiagnosed ADD or ADHD. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never been diagnosed, but I for sure know I have it. I will. Some days I will sit down and I'll be able to focus. Other days I will sit down for five hours and not get literally anywhere because yeah. my brain is all over the place. But yeah, and and there is a girl in our program who has a Instagram page called Sober in Central Park and she does talk about she was on medication at a young age for ADHD mm-hmm. and she there is definitely a link between addiction, alcohol addiction and ADHD. I think sometimes for sure I would turn to alcohol because I didn't get things done or I, you know, was trying to start something and it didn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. And just like numbing myself from, you know, my, yeah. whatever I created because, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to focus sometimes. You just shut your brain off with the alcohol. How have you been coping with that then without the alcohol and you say you're not you don't take medication. So what types of things do you do to cope with it? So I meditate. I try to meditate every morning. I do breath work and um, I try to take 10 minutes to just sit and be mindful. I usually will have like a notepad or a planner next to my laptop when I am working so that Mm -hmm. if I do get a random thought, hey, you got to work on this or hey, you should look up this. I can write down that thought and still stay stay focused so that I can come back to that later and be like, no, we need to work on this right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then caffeine. <laughs> I don't, I don't drink coffee, but you know, like having tea definitely mm-hmm. helps me like kind of perk up and focus, I think. So, oh, so you actually turn to caffeine a little bit to focus. I see. Yeah. Cause I've heard that people with ADHD, sometimes it has a reverse effect when they drink like Red Bulls or monster drinks. So that's interesting. I think pr- probably like that amount. I don't know how much is in a Red Bull, but I can only imagine it's probably quite a bit. But yeah, I usually just drink tea, like Herba Mate. I still got like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I don't even think as much as a cup of coffee, but still got a little boost to help me like focus, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When you get a chance, listen to that podcast because it, it'll, yeah, it it it'll probably open your eyes to a lot of things that you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. I love podcasts like that where you're listening and you just relate so much and And um, that's what I hope that this podcast does for people as well, especially, you know, with you having your fiance and you guys making the decision to go alcohol free together and navigating that and coming from, you know, fighting and just dysfunction and confusion and growing together into, you know, this beautiful couple who's promoting an alcohol free life is 
Uh, I just love it. I love all of it. And I'm so proud of you. I feel like both of us grew a lot in the program and we're still growing. You're in the coaching program to become a coach yourself. I'm in a separate coaching program. And yeah, this is what alcohol going alcohol free does. Like it creates so much possibility and you're just not afraid. I mean, I've been afraid, but I'm not afraid and jumping to alcohol. You know, it's more, I'm afraid, but I'm going to try it. I'm afraid, but it's a good afraid. It's like an excitement, you know? And then right. like, like you said, it's the best kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah. I think you just kind of realize more of your potential and, you know, you don't like energy or I'm sorry, alcohol is such an energy sucker. It is. It really is. It's just like time goes by so quick. You black out you pass out, you know, and even the next day you're still recovering, you know, as I was getting into my later twenties, hangovers were two days long. Girl, so, mine were like three. I, it was terrible, terrible. I, I'm so happy. I don't ever have to feel a hangover again. Yeah. Same. And so, yeah, just not having this like energy sucker in your life and being like, okay, what can I do with all this time? What do I really want to do? What, you know, and just feeling inspired by, I think other people. Yes, that that's something else where before I never cared about having mentors or learning from other people. Now I just want to soak up everything. I'm like, teach me, teach me. You know, I want to hear your stories. I want to relate to people and grow and then and then vice versa. You know, there's things that I have that other people can learn from and and grow from. And that's that's the beauty of it. That's why I, I love this. And I know someday I'll be doing this type of thing full time and I'm sure you will be too. And we'll kind of think back, right, to becoming emboldened and, and think of Carolina and just all that she brought out of us and potentially be that for other people, you know, our client. Totally. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we hop off? I think we covered a lot of things. So yeah. thank you. Charlotte, this is such amazing. And I'm so proud of you for starting this podcast. It's going to be, it's already awesome. And I'm really excited to see episode 100 where you're at. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I know I'm very, very excited. Every week you, everyone will be getting an episode every Wednesday, 6 a.m. PST. So be waiting. We have beautiful stories and guests and my own stories coming from my own family. And it's going to be a really fun, wild ride that I'm a little scared, but super excited. <laughs> I'm turning that energy into excitement. Totally. Um, where can everyone find you? Yeah. So we have a Instagram couples page called the AF couple. It's the alcohol-free couple. And then I will be hopefully launching a website this fall. I've just been working on it right now and hoping to have services for people, hopefully for both men and women, potentially couples, find a community, an alcohol-free community and empowerment. That is so cool. Yeah. And is your fiance going to be involved in all of that or is it just going to be yes. you? Yeah. yeah. So I definitely ru help run our page. He kind of helps with content and stuff, but yeah, he's a social worker by trade. And so he, I think would be really, I, I think there needs to be more sober men spaces online. Yes. I was just going to say that. So, and he's a vet too. Gosh. So there's a lot of potential there to help, you know, men as well. He, yeah, he has a plethora of knowledge and experience that he could offer. So I'm so excited to see where you guys go with this. Yeah, that that's exciting. He sounds like a really great individual. No wonder you love him. But everyone needs to go check out their Instagram. They have the most adorable photos and great tips and advice for individuals or couples. So anyone really can 
take what they need from it. Um, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.